You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tuesday morning in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. I've already been by there. I had to get my peppermint bark fix, man. That stuff, everything in that store is pretty much addictive. But when we get the seasonal fix of the peppermint bark, oof, got to get by there and get some of that and all the other great treats at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60-minute boo. Of sports talk radio jacob how are you doing on this eve of the eve of thanksgiving 2020 well considering the eve of the eve means just a few more hours till uh i'm on holiday i'm feeling pretty darn good <laughs> <laughs> well we're thrilled to learn that you enjoy being with us here so much jacob you know i know it's look i know the show's a grind you know and you should be rewarded uh, for for some time off, I'm glad for you and everyone else there. All the great staff for us at Tide 100.9 FM, certainly deserving of a break. And uh, going to be a lot of football, right? Going to have a lot of football to mix in with that break coming up here in the next few days. Going to be a lot of college basketball. We continue to hold our breath here in Tuscaloosa, but I got to think, and I'm I'm not sure though. Jacksonville State may just there and back it tomorrow. That would make the most sense, wouldn't it? If you're Jacksonville State, you, do you come over today? I know you like to have your walk through and your shoot around, uh, you know, at the at the uh, opposing gym. But eh, in a pandemic, you know, that would seem like part of the purpose is you just there and back it. I know the Alabama women; they also kick off their season tomorrow, tip off their season tomorrow as the Sanford uh, Bulldogs come over. You're going to have a twilight double header at Coleman Coliseum with the Alabama women at noon. $1 tickets for that one, by the way, if you want to check out some women's basketball. And then you'll have the Alabama men, Roger Hoover, going to be handling the play-by-play for you. And you'll have Trevor Relliford, the former outstanding point guard for the Alabama Crimson side. Mike side with, uh, with Roger there from Coleman tomorrow 
night. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you would like to check in with us on a Tuesday, we'd love to hear from you. We've we've been throwing out the Thanksgiving food scenarios at you here in the last week or so. We asked you about you know your favorite sort of go-to Thanksgiving dessert. We've asked you about additional slash alternative proteins to the Thanksgiving turkey that maybe you incorporate into the spread. Well, today, before we uh, take the break, we're going to ask you for your starting five. You're going through the Thanksgiving spread the first time on Thursday, and you can put five items on the plate. First run through, we we understand it's a given. There's going to be more than one, one pass of the spread. What are your starting five items? Put five on the plate first time through. What are you going with? We posed that question on the personal Twitter account this morning as well. At Travis Ryer, getting some getting some responses to it. B. Curtis at Crimson Wing 13. He's got the staple, turkey. And then he's going dressing, mashed potatoes, corn pudding, and green beans. No green bean casserole. I'm with you on that one. B. Curtis, I'm not a green bean casserole guy. I think Jacob, Jacob, you're on record. You're a big green bean casserole fan. Your mother's green bean casserole, if I recall correctly. Yes, sir. You got it. So that'll definitely be one of your starting five. Yeah, no doubt. First so thing turkey, on the plate. turkey, green bean casserole. What's your other three? Who's filling out your five to get you going Thursday? Huh. So see that's interesting because I'm I'm sure I put about eight different things on that first plate. I, <laughs> only, I get a sampler of everything, uh, but but if I was restricted to five, I'm yeah. I'm I'm going green bean. I'm going uh, dark meat off the turkey, off the fried turkey. Uh, uh, Good call. On uh, meat, mashed potatoes. Uh huh. Corn casserole, sweet and sweet potato casserole. There you go. Casserole it up, man. You know. Uh, Colton Houston, previously of the Alabama men's basketball staff, he he actually tweeted out his family's menu for Thursday. And, you know, the other day when we were talking casseroles, last Friday we got into the casserole talk, and we pretty much set the over-under for casseroles uh, at three and a half for uh, Thanksgiving. And it looked like Colton's fam went with three. So they just went under. But, yeah, I think three and a half is probably a good total, a good over-under for casseroles because there's going to be plenty of them come Thursday. Uh, You know, I would certainly go turkey. I'm turkey mashed potatoes. My late grandmother's cream corn and her green beans, they're definitely in that mix. So I'm turkey mashed potatoes, green beans, corn, off the off the husk, fresh corn. And then I got one more. You know, and you can throw a bread in there if you want to. If you're a roll guy, gal, maybe cornbread makes the makes the list. Uh dressing obviously could be on that list. With dressing for me, it it, it depends on who's making it. You know, I'm pretty picky about the dressing. My aunt, my aunt Wanda up in Jasper, uh just up the road there in Walker County. She makes a chicken dressing that is out of this world. So if it was here, that's what I would have to go with the other four. And then also, we're taking your input kind of like a football team or maybe even a basketball team. Who are you coming off the bench with? 
you know? Who are the secondary options? Let's say you get up, you're going to go through that line one more time. Who are your secondary dishes that you're going to go with? Get those as well at Travis Ryan right here at 205-342-9904. We continue to inch forward towards the 2020 Iron Bowl set for here in Tuscaloosa, Bryant-Denny Stadium, Saturday afternoon, 239 kickoff. You talk about a crew that's going to be happy to see a football game. How about CBS? They've been wiped out the last couple of Saturdays. Didn't have Texas A&M Ole Miss last Saturday. Didn't have Alabama LSU the Saturday before that. You think Gary Danielson and Brad Nessler are ready to call a football game? Yeah, I would think so. So it points toward, all things point towards Alabama-Auburn. On Saturday, you heard from Nick Saban yesterday, his weekly press conference was asked about the Alabama defense and specifically some improvement that's been made in red zone getting off the field. And look, there has been improvement. I'm not denying that. But I'm also going to tell you that the last three offenses that Alabama has faced, they weren't exactly the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs, okay? When we talk about Tennessee and we talk about Mississippi State and we talk about Kentucky, Look, I don't mean to be Ebenezer Scrooge, all right, or the Grinch that stole Alabama's defensive improvement. I'm just saying I want to see more. I want to see even this week with Auburn coming in here. You know, Auburn with some tempo. Auburn, once again, with a quarterback that can hurt you with his legs. Uh, Auburn with some threats on the outside. A more balanced Auburn attack in terms of the ways – It can hurt a defense. Kentucky last week was not going to hurt you. Kentucky might as well have been playing with eight or nine guys on offense. You know, Kentucky is basically an inside drill for 60 minutes. You know, if you take care of the zone read game and the quarterback and the stuff between the tackles, you're going to be just fine against Kentucky. Auburn has guys on the outside that can hurt you, Anthony Schwartz, and more so Seth Williams, coming home, by the way the Bryant high grad this week. And so you're going to look to man those guys up a good bit because you're going to try to commit that extra defender to the quarterback in the run game with Bo Nix. And so uh, that's where the matchup for me will start. If Bo Nix can't take advantage of some of those opportunities he's going to have on the outside with Williams and Schwartz and the rest of those receivers, and it's not going to be easy because Patrick Sertan, the second, Josh Job been very good in man coverage this year. Malachi Moore at the star position has been outstanding. But I think out on the perimeters where Auburn's going to have to win uh, as much as anything. And, and, and I understand it starts with, with the run game. Zone read, tempo, Alabama's front seven. Let's be honest. There's not a true war daddy in that group still. There's not a Jonathan Allen. There's not a Reuben Foster. There's not a Deron Payne or a Quinnen Williams. You take an Isaiah Bugs right now. And I don't mean that to devalue what Isaiah Bugs did around here. It's just that, you know, he worked largely in the shadow of some other guys like Raquan Davis and Quinnen Williams. You take an Isaiah Bugs right now and do a little jig for your Thanksgiving. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Alabama's front seven is obviously important in all this. But 
you know, it'll 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 come down to for Auburn. I think Auburn's chances to win. They're not just going to be able to stay within the tackle box. Um, whether it's the vertical passing game with those wide receivers, whether it's the quick game, where I think Job and Malachi Moore have shown some real promise in terms of their physicality because there's going to be the jet sweeps. There's going to be the quick stuff where you're going to have to set an edge. You're going to have to get off a block, make a play in space, whether you're Sertan Job or Malachi Moore. So those are some of the matchups that we'll consider. But I, I, I need to see more from this Alabama defense. I need to see, I need to see more. We're going to see more rescheduling, I think within the Southeastern Conference. We're already seeing it this week. We'll talk about that with Brent Beard coming up in just a little bit. But you're going to have Missouri playing Vandy this week instead of Arkansas. Vandy playing Missouri instead of Tennessee. Foreshadowing of what's to come once we get beyond the weekend coming up? Yeah, I think it's safe to say at this point. You also are going to have the college football playoff initial rankings tonight. How do you think that's going to lay out? Think it goes Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson? What about Texas A&M? Where do they show up? Florida? Obviously in that mix as well. It'll make for good conversation. Kind of like Dabo Sweeney and Mike Norvell right now. How about that? How about that cat fight on social media between Clemson and Florida State? Hey, at least it's, uh, it's giving you a reason to talk about Clemson and Florida State. You really haven't had much of one in the last four or five years in that that one-time rivalry. We won't still call it a rivalry with the way things sit right now. Going to step aside to our first break. When we come back, Brent Beard will go in-depth in the Southeastern Conference. What about these Saban disciples and quarterback management when you get into Will Muschamp at two stops in the SEC? Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Kirby Smart. Maybe Kirby has finally stumbled upon his guy. And JT Daniels. We'll go through that and a whole lot more with Brent Beard coming up next on Southern Fried Sports right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama football is focused on game week preparations for Saturday's Iron Bowl against Auburn. Head coach Nick Saban gave his thoughts on this rivalry matchup highs here are looking forward to you know the iron bowl which is one of the you know great rivalries i think in college football uh, certainly means a lot to a lot of people in this state and all over the country so um as always we're playing a very very good team a top 20 team you know gus has done a really good job there these guys play well in all phases of the game you know their defense has played well they're second in scoring uh in the SEC uh, and scoring defense. I'll have more in a moment. You hear a lot today about the Bama factor. Well, what exactly is it? It's a saying that Coach Saban uses constantly. It's actually what the program is built on. Commitment, discipline, effort, toughness, and pride. Well, at Dex Imaging, we believe in these same principles. To be the very best we can be, day in and day out. So for all of your business office solutions, put Dex Imaging to work for you. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletics. 
Alabama football's Devontae Smith was selected as the Southeastern Conference Co-Offensive Player of the Week, the league office announced on Monday. The honor is Smith's first of the season. The senior wideout etched his name atop the SEC and Alabama record books for career touchdown catches. He had two touchdown grabs on the day, with his first score moving him into sole possession of the career touchdown receptions mark, passing Amari Cooper of Alabama and Chris Doring of Florida for the SEC record. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. A beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky, the high today around 70. Tonight, clouds increasing with the low at 57. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. Showers and a few strong thunderstorms are likely late tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night. The daytime high at 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Or Pops, Rusty, the chocolate lady over at Peterbrook Chocolatier, and the rest of the crew at Southern Fried Sports. Travis Ryer wishing you and yours a happy holiday season. And here's to a much improved 2021. Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. We're with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. And as we typically do at this time on Tuesdays, it's time to tour the Southeastern Conference with the incomparable Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Brent, first and foremost, I hope you're set up for a joyous and uh, – Oh, yeah, just an outstanding Thanksgiving coming up here in the next few days. Well, I appreciate that, Trav. Uh, both daughters will be in, so that will be uh, nice. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I will miss that egg bowl on Thanksgiving night, Trav, won't you? That yeah, I think we will. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of tough when you look at the schedule for this week. And oh, yeah. You don't get your egg bowl on Thanksgiving night. You'll get the uncivil war. Yeah. Between Oregon and Oregon State mm-hmm. on Thursday night. That'll have to suffice this time around. Actually, that's a Friday night game. Thursday, it will be New Mexico and Utah State for your Thanksgiving right. dessert. Right. So, uh, yeah, we'd actually take Oregon at Oregon State on Thursday. Unfortunately, that really? is a Friday night game. Friday's a pretty good day, it looks like. It I mean, is. that Notre Dame at North Carolina game could be very interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Sam Howell going against that Notre Dame defense and Ian Book going against the uh, uh, North Carolina uh, defense will be. So, uh, and, um, uh, and look, uh, Trav, um, uh, we won't delay on it too much, but as you can imagine, the, um, the, the little dust-up between Clemson and FSU still going on down here, uh, a lot's been – well, that's been said here about that one, uh, about what didn't happen. So Miami still off, uh, Gators rolling. So uh, that's kind of what's going on in the state of Florida right now. <laughs> yeah, you got a real he said, he said with Dabo yeah. and Norvell now. And just leave it to 2020 where you've got medical staffs in the center mm-hmm. of controversy in a college football season. That is 
that's as 2020 on brand as just about anything I can think about. Tonight, we're going to have the initial release of the college football playoff ranking sprint, so there will be a lot to do about not a lot. But yeah. when they do come out tonight, are you expecting Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson in that order, or do you think there could be some shuffling to that mix? And from the SEC perspective, want to see where Florida's at, where Texas sure. A&M sits? I, I know some folks have said – uh, that they won't be surprised if A&M's fourth. Um, uh, that, wow. that would be that would surprise me, frankly, with them not playing. Now, obviously, they did beat Florida. Uh, I'm with you. I'm certainly interested to see where Florida is going to be. But yes, I, I, I mean, I, I, I I'm going with the four that you said, and then probably uh, um, uh, A&M and Florida, uh, probably in that five or six, or certainly close to it, right? Yeah, and then we'll be interested to see teams like BYU, you know, what, yes. what their situation really is. It's um, Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati as well from the group of five perspective. So, uh, again, there will be plenty of discussion. That's the one thing this does do mm-hmm. is give us even something more to talk about other than COVID-19. So, for that, we are entirely thankful. Um, Brent, you talk about the Southeastern Conference and – you see here in the last 24 hours some rescheduling now of games. Is this – you think this is pretty much the way this is going to work through December the 19th, yep. what we're seeing with Missouri and Vandy playing on Saturday instead of uh, Vanderbilt and Tennessee? Tennessee now is off. Is th- This is just what we're going to get more of, I guess. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And, Trav, the, uh, the, the thing that, that kind of uh, uh, tips us off to this is – the SEC announcement that uh, that they're going to have want that five or six day window, uh, frankly, before yeah. you get those games in the first Saturday in December. So, uh, uh, and which at this point, uh, would it surprise you, Trav, if we have that week by week? Oh, I, I don't, I don't think that would be any surprise. And yeah, there, that was absolutely a tipping of the hand uh, for December the fifth. And you know, for Alabama, it could mean a trip to Baton Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead of Fayetteville, who knows? Because mm-hmm. now, because of all the postponements with involving so many different teams, you know, as I said at the time when Alabama LSU was postponed, and it sort of was just given consideration and as an afterthought that oh, well, they'll just do what they need to do with Arkansas and LSU, and it'll there, there's it, it's such a wide web now that has been spun in terms of trying to get all these games in, you know, I've been asked, do you think Alabama will still end up ultimately because of all this with the 12th off? I don't think so. I think they're going to try to get the, yes. uh, the, the, the best teams, as many games as they possibly can, not only from a competitive standpoint, you can't have Alabama off the 12th and Florida playing. No, I don't think. Um, but just in terms of content that you're trying to provide to your, to your network partners, right? I mean, they want Alabama on television uh, uh, every yes. chance they get. Uh, uh, Trav, the reality is TV has told them uh, it, uh, uh, the, the progression has been television has told Greg Sankey that we want every game possible so that you don't have to give money back uh, if we don't have games. Uh, and Sankey has basically told the athletic directors and the presidents that well, we're going to work together. We may have to do some finagling on the schedule, but uh, that there is absolutely no question about that. And, and I, I'm not sure people understand how important it is right now 
to get as many games in as possible. And, and Travis, as you know, as we've covered this for 30 years or so, uh, how how behind the scenes much TV has to say with this, right? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, and you know that's why we're playing football. I'm convinced. I mean. Probably should have played anyway, but the the determining factor in why there's been football of any kind this season is the financial boom that okay. is the the television deals. There's there's no doubt about that. So we prepare here in Tuscaloosa for an Iron Bowl that will be unlike any other, <laughs> uh, or be like any unlike any other with the the situation uh, that we're continuing to navigate during the 2020 season. Um, a lot of talk here in the last few days after the 63-3 to win over Kentucky on Saturday, a depleted Kentucky team. Uh, Alabama now goes a couple of games in a row without uh, giving up a, a touchdown. And, uh, you know, I hate to be that guy, Brent, but I have to point to the offenses mm-hmm. that this has come against. Mm-hmm. You know, I outlined this yesterday and what Saban said and what we think it means on BamaOnline.com. I don't want to be the, the, the thunderstorm over the parade or anything, but we're talking about the 12th, 13th, and 14th ranked offenses that Alabama has seen in each of its last three games. With that, where are you at in terms of what you see maybe more so from this Alabama defense, what you've seen than what you see on paper? Well, look, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I mean, you don't have to look any further than the first quarter. Uh, Trev, let's be honest about it. Uh, it, without the kicking snafus, if a better team would have probably gotten the ball into the end zone. And uh, frankly, instead of like 28-3, that halftime score is probably 28-21 or something of that nature. So, uh, look, I, I appreciate people being excited uh, about uh, Alabama and laying only 20 points in the last 14 quarters, but I'm with you on that. And, and look, it it's still obvious, Trav, Dylan Moses is not where he needs to be and that these younger linebackers need to get uh, more playing time. It's good to see uh, Barmore and some of these guys on the defensive line and where they're heading uh, battle with the pick six. Look, now there, there are some uh, really good um, uh, performances uh, in really good moments, uh, but let's be real honest too uh, that um, there were uh, and and going to be teams and there's come one coming up Saturday uh, that if you don't get in their grill, they're going to make you pay for it. Particularly if Tank Bigsby plays and that and that Auburn offensive line is healthier than uh, we think it could be. And and look, not only with the defense trail, but the reality is in the last two games. Mac Jones could have thrown about two more interceptions per game uh, that than he actually did. So uh, the coaches know this, and there's a lot of work to do, right? Yeah, there is. And, you know, look, the bottom line is with this Alabama front seven, there still is not a down-in, down-out war daddy. Right. A guy it's that not. you totally have to concern yourself with, like a Reuben Foster, like a Jonathan Allen a Deron Payne, a Quinnen Williams. Um, there's just not that guy. There still no, isn't. No. And so, yes, statistically, it's good to see on paper. Uh, but I think we're on the same wavelength there in terms of still need to see a lot more uh, from this Alabama defense. And you mentioned the Auburn injuries. That could certainly come in handy for Alabama this week. 
uh, with B- Bigsby status uncertain right now. A couple of offensive linemen against Tennessee are injured uh, last Saturday night for the Tigers. So, uh, you know, even with all that, I still think Auburn has enough weapons yeah. if they can get it blocked. And that really plays into, uh, you know, the, the, the weakness of Alabama. I, you know, Alabama hasn't shown you that with just a four-man pass rush, they can really harass a quarterback no. or stuff a run game. So, you know, whereas Auburn ideally would be at full strength on the line of scrimmage, I don't think it's a deal breaker for the Auburn offense if it has a couple injuries because, uh, again, I don't think Alabama's defense has shown the ability to dominate on a consistent basis up front. And, you know, Auburn has depth at the running back position, as we know. And, um, you know, I think it probably comes down to as much as anything, which Bo Nix see on yeah. Saturday for the Auburn Tigers. Well, and and we have no idea what that could be now. Uh, in the first three games, Bo was completed less than 50%. In the last three games, he's uh, 70% plus. So that there certainly is improvement. Uh, Trev, the turnover battle has watched the term in Auburn season. When they've won that, they're 5-0. and When they haven't, they're 0-2. So, uh, look, I, I, I would have to believe it to see it. The Tank Bigsby doesn't play. Uh, and then you've got Alex Jackson and, and uh, uh, Bredarius Ham on that offensive line. But look, to back up what you're saying, Sean Shivers and D.J. Williams give give plenty of danger. It looked to me, uh, Trev, I'm not as concerned if you're the defense about Bo's arm as I am his legs. Uh, that, yeah. that's, uh, that, that, and I think that's what Terry Wilson wanted to do, Trav, that you talked about last week, that he either A, couldn't do, or Bama didn't allow him to do, that, that Bo Nixberry could be able to do that. And uh, I think what's incredibly important is, will we see K.J. Britt, who's been out for six straight games, uh, or uh, or they can be very cautious with him. Because I can tell you, uh, he is a leader of that defense, Travis. He's, if he's in he can't and healthy, he can be a difference maker. Yeah, it's an Auburn defense that in two of its last three games has given up over 220 rushing yards. Did it against Ole Miss a few games back, and then once again on Saturday against Tennessee, uh, Tennessee really controlled that game. They did uh, offensively at times. It just couldn't get out of its own way where the quarterback position no. is concerned, which leads me into another discussion we're having here on the show today. And quarterback management with Saban disciples. It's been something to watch, man. Really? Has. Going back to Will, going back to both the Will Muschamp's tenures in the SEC as a head coach, Florida got off to a rough start with John Brantley down there. Still had Jeff Driscoll. Who I think is still in the National Football League, yeah, cashing okay. checks somewhere. Right. <laughs> uh, then he goes to South Carolina, and it looks like he's going to exercise those demons from UF. He has Jake Bentley. Mm-hmm. Remember, I mean, that was yes. thought to be they're they're set for three or four years with Jake Bentley. That doesn't work out. Uh, now Will is on the move once again, and then even Kirby at Georgia, you know, with the Jake Fromm Justin Fields scenario. Uh, that came up empty, but now Kirby looks pretty good after last Saturday night with the way JT Daniels performed, and uh, maybe this is the the elixir, the the cure all for kind of how that situation with Fromm and Fields played out. Well, uh, and look, the reality is, when should Kirby have put JT Daniels in the game? Uh, and no, <laughs> I, I think it had to have been way before. 
that he that he did. Now again, I understand Daniel's was slow coming around from the knee surgery, uh, but look, I mean, he looked very good uh, the other night. He was able to get the ball to Jermaine Burton, which was uh, the fourth most in in uh, Bulldog history with 197 yards uh, receiving. And and, and I, uh, look, I think you've got to add to that too, don't we? Uh, is uh, Jeremy Pruitt and uh, the struggles that they've had, mainly at quarterback, uh, with Garantano, what to do with him, and then with uh, that with Bailey, the freshman kid that everybody wants to see. I, I don't, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And, and Trev, uh, uh, haven't we said all season long the teams with elite quarterbacks or, or the ones whose names will be called tonight at seven o'clock? In the teams without elite quarterbacks, uh, those are the teams that have struggled all year, have they not? Yeah, no coincidence how that works out at the quarterback position. And I was going to get into Jeremy and UT. Uh, and absolutely, I mean, you're at the end of your third season and you still don't have a quarterback. Right, right. That week in and week out, you can count on. That's that's tough. And, uh, you know, so when you look at Jeremy now coming off an extension – after winning, what was it, six straight to end the 2019 season, beating the Indiana win looks better oh, yeah. and better. Absolutely. You know, that looks very much like maybe Jeremy's best win, maybe. I guess the road win at Auburn a couple of years ago would be up there, too. But, you know, we had this discussion, speaking of saving disciples, we had this, this discussion, ongoing discussion with Will Muschamp. Yeah. And when you look at the buyout involved, it's almost identical for Jeremy as it was for uh, Will in South Carolina. You're talking about something in the low teens, I think, because Jeremy just signed the extension uh, after the season. And so the question remains, as it was with South Carolina, uh, can can you afford to write that check, uh, or can you afford not to write that check if you look ahead to the future? And, you know, you look at Tennessee, and we laugh and joke about the buyouts, Butch Jones is finally coming off the books. That's right. In February. That's, right. That's so amazing. So that really means that really means you're 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 pretty much through the Butch Jones buyout. Yes. So what what does Tennessee do if this thing continues to snowball here down the stretch of the season? Well, uh, I mean, I've heard like you have that. Do they make a move like Georgia did with Kirby when South Carolina wanted him? Uh, and do they make that situation with, say, Hugh Freeze? Yeah. Uh, because my understanding is uh, Tennessee is actually Freeze's dream school uh, that he grew up uh, as his favorite team. Uh, but yet at the same time, Trav, the X factor that we both well know here is one Phil Fulmer who made that hire. And is Phil going to actually say and admit, Trav, that he made a mistake in that in that hire with Jeremy? Uh, but but you know the thing that kind of amazed me about the Saban disciples is they need to learn from their mentor uh, Nick Saban, who uh, moved quickly on from that 2008 and 2009. Uh, strong running game, great offensive line, uh, solid defense and kicking game to get an elite quarterback. They haven't learned that from Saban uh, at this point. And, Trev, I didn't think we'd say this a couple years ago, but right now 
of of all the of all the students for for Nick uh, is is Jimbo looking better and better with that right now at A and M? Jimbo looks better every week A and M doesn't play. That's what I'm starting to think. Maybe maybe that's Jimbo's play. Yeah, I like that. We just won't play. We we look better every week. We don't play. No doubt. So, uh, no, the, the the common denominator between a lot of these guys, you said it, it's stagnant. It, it, there's no juice on offense. No, no. You know, Mike Bobo isn't going to electrify your offense. Um, Jim Chaney is a traditionalist in every sense of the word of okay. offensive football right. at Tennessee. You know, Todd Munkin will give him a bit of a pass. If we continue to see right. what we saw last Saturday from JT Daniels, okay. You know, maybe Kirby's coming around a little bit there, but absolutely. I, I, the thing with with Jeremy, I think you have to consider too is I, I'm, I'm thinking you're looking at close to a staff overhaul yeah, if you stay much. with him. Very much. I don't know how offensively you bring all that back. No, you know, no. moving forward with Cheney and the rest of those guys, and I understand his relationship with Will Friend, his offensive line coach, is brother like. So you know, there's. There's some tough decisions to be made no, no in, the, in the coming days. And even if it doesn't involve Jeremy Pruitt directly, just watching how that staff is sort of, you know, raised and then rebuilt will be uh, a major storyline for sure as we get into the offseason. So when we look at the SEC schedule for the upcoming weekend, obviously the Iron Bowl uh, for the upcoming weekend, we look at the Iron Bowl obviously as a centerpiece game. You mentioned the Egg Bowl. Um you know, before last Saturday night, I would have expected Ole Miss, and I still think this may prove to be the case. I was thinking Ole Miss might win by three or more touchdowns yeah. in that game. Now you see the line under 10 out of Vegas. Uh, did you see enough just in one encouraging performance from State last Saturday night in Athens to think this game can be fairly competitive, Brent? I think what also was encouraging was Will Rogers actually got in uh, and uh, was basically yeah. an eighty percent passer against that Georgia defense, which again has a share of injuries. But I mean that they've got to control the clock, they've got to own third down. And listen, uh, Trev, I give them a lot of credit. I mean they had forty nine players against Georgia. And that was yeah, it under the threshold. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and and oh by the way, uh, Trev, uh, I'm not saying he comes in to make some major difference, but Otis Reese, the defensive back, that's the Georgia transfer now is eligible for Ole Miss. People may have missed under the radar a few days ago. And, and Trev, listen, Ole Miss needs all the help they they can get in that secondary, don't they? All the decent to a above average defensive personnel <laughs> Ole Miss can get the better. Yeah. And look, that's a matchup that I'm just not sure state is built in a way offensively that they can truly Agreed. maximize uh, w- what you can do against that Ole Miss defense because they're not built to run the football. Right. We know that. And so, uh, you know, Ole Miss might be able to withstand that state offense a little bit better. We'll see. Hey, Brent, as always, great stuff with us here on Southern Fried Sports. We always look forward to Tuesdays with Brent Beard here on the program. Once again, Brent, to you and the girls, the family, hope it's a great Thanksgiving, my man. My, 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 I appreciate it, brother. And, and uh, again, we don't have time to do all of it, but I tell you that that LSU to A&M game, Trev, could that be sneaky? Good before A&M, that? A&M, 14 points. I don't trust A&M. I mean, you know, look, uh, 
I thought LSU Arkansas Saturday was pretty ugly. I didn't yeah. think it was particularly good football. And I give Arkansas credit similar to what I would give to Mississippi State for playing the football game oh, yeah. with their numbers being what they were. But um, I still don't trust A&M, even at home. I, yeah. al- although I'm sure there will be 75,000 A&M fans <laughs> dressed up as 20,000 A&M fans oh, down. at Kyle oh, Field. Down. <laughs> on Saturday night. Thanks a lot, Brent. Happy Thanksgiving, all, pal. Thanks. There he goes, Brent Beard, College Sports Today and First Coast News. Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Tide 100.9. Are you in the holiday spirit? Check out Tuscaloosa's Home for the Holidays on Nick 97.5. All Christmas songs 24-7. down on the plains says KJ Britt the outstanding inside linebacker for the Tigers will not play in this Saturday's Iron Bowl as you heard Brent Beard outline during our discussion always appreciate Brent here on the program there's major questions about whether or not Britt would be able to go at all he's been out for six games extended stretch for sure and so it will continue to be Zagobi McLean and Owen Papo there between the tackles for the most part. And that'll be something to watch because neither one of those guys are exceptionally large or stout. Very athletic, good space players. But uh, we're talking about a couple inside linebackers somewhere in the neighborhood of six foot, 210 pounds. So, uh, yeah, that big Alabama offensive line. I continue to trend towards thinking. We might see even more of that Alabama run game early on Saturday than we've uh, seen in some weeks this season. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line right now at 205-342-9904. Check in with our pal Lance. Lance, how you doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning, uh, sir. Before you went off the air, before you go off the air, but are the uh, radio broadcast of Alabama football, is that canned uh, noise uh, on there, you know, from the attendance? I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I believe that's what you're, you're picking up there, is the uh, well, piped-in crowd noise, which has okay. pretty much been well, standard throughout sports I in general. I had to turn it off. I couldn't even hardly hear the game because of wow. the, uh, the background noise. And, and another thing, on a, say like the uh, Hey Coach show, when they're on there showing the different plays the coach likes or whatever, I wish they would do away with that sound on there where you could hear it better, you know. Maybe my hearing's gone. I don't know. I, well, I know it is, but still... I just don't like that canned uh, piped-in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that it, that it interferes when you listen to the radio. Huh. Who do I need to speak with about well, that? Well, I'll pass that along. You know, we are the flagship station. 
for UA Athletics, and uh, I'll see what I can find out about that as well. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you ever listened to the radio broadcast? I haven't this season. You know, I think for some people they find it comforting because it's a sense of normalcy, even though you know there's not really a crowd there to to hear something like that. But I can get what you're saying, Lance, especially on the coaches' show, because you want to hear the coach. Uh, yeah, talk yeah. about the plays, and so I right, no, myself, I haven't, I haven't heard them, so I, I don't have a definitive opinion. But I, I can see what you're saying there with that. Okay, all right, well, good then. Uh, well, all right, yeah, I'd like to know. Uh, okay, all right, but we'll see what we can find out, my man. Okay, all right, bye bye. Have a great Thanksgiving. There he goes, Lance. Lance doesn't like that uh, crowd noise; finds it distracting. He said. Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line. Uh, you know, we were talking about with Brent the Saban disciple quarterbacks, and what about Saban himself at Alabama? We'll get into some ser- scenarios that he has encountered as the Alabama head coach, and look maybe more specifically at the Tua era and what might have been, what was and uh, some other things. We'll do that when we close out a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports coming up next on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Lake. A beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky, the high today around 70. Tonight, clouds increasing with the low at 57. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy. Showers and a few strong thunderstorms are likely late tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night. The daytime high at 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. today we're paying tribute to the 25th anniversary of the release of the movie casino bobby de niro joe pecci frankie vincent yes that was a great one you know there seems to be a bit of a debate about picking between casino and goodfellas when you talk about Martin Scorsese in some of his best mafia genre work. I love them both, but it's going to be Goodfellas for me. If I can only watch one of the two for the rest of my life, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Goodfellas. It just seemed like there was more I could sink my teeth into with Goodfellas than maybe Casino. Love them both, though, and watch them whenever they come on the cable. That's for absolutely sure. Hey, and speaking of Gus Malzahn, uh, we uh, just heard from Auburn once again. One positive COVID test in the latest round of testing for the Auburn Tigers. So, you know, when you see lines like 24 and a half out in the desert, sometimes the man knows a little bit more about what's coming next for an opponent than the, uh, the average Joe or Jill. 
So there you go. Some more news coming out of Auburn that isn't particularly positive for this week's game. Well, it's positive, but it's not. It's negative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, we're talking about quarterbacks, too. Saving disciples. But uh, saving himself, you know, and how it's evolved at Alabama and how Alabama now appears set to go through a stretch from, well, Jalen Hurts, too, you could say. thing about it is we kind of look at this stretch or this run as kind of starting with Jalen when really, what about Jake Coker in 2015? Go back and look at Jake Coker's numbers. I've said it before on the show. Go look at Jake Coker's numbers down the stretch of that national championship season. He didn't take a backseat to any of these guys and came up big in extremely big moments in that 2015. Well, it was actually the 2016 college football playoff national championship win over the Clemson Tigers. Hit OJ Howard on the deep ball, hit Ardarius Stewart on a beauty down the right sideline out there in Glendale. Um, So there's been a successful sort of transformation, not only from one quarterback to the next, but how they've been used in the offense at Alabama. Been able to do it a couple different ways. And you think about Tua's career at Alabama, and, you know, if Tua doesn't play in the second half against Georgia in that national championship game, what does that resume look like? Then you're looking at, well, first of all, does Tua, is there much of a resume? Because if Tua doesn't play in that second half, does he stay? Does he leave? Does that turn into Jake Fromm, Justin Fields, before there was Jake Fromm and Justin Fields? Maybe. But Tua stays around, so you end up winning an SEC championship with him in 2018 as well. But give Saban credit even in that situation. Because if Jalen Hurts doesn't stay around for that additional year when Tua becomes the starter, you don't beat Georgia in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. So uh, a little more successful management behind center for Nick Saban uh, than some of his disciples here in recent years, the last seven or eight years when you go back to Will Muschamp at Florida. What Kirby's encountered in Athens, Pruitt, year three, still doesn't have a guy up at Tennessee. So uh, not an easy thing to do to keep those quarterbacks coming. That's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. The lunch whistle on this Tuesday. Before you delve entirely into Thanksgiving mode, go to, uh, go to uh, Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa. And take advantage of that Thai chicken pizza night tonight, starting at 6 o'clock. $7 Thai chicken pizzas, the best pizza you will put in your mouth anywhere. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Jacob Harrison, as always, doing a great job producing the show. Travis Ryer, hoping you have a great holiday here in the next couple of days. Until 11 a.m. on Friday, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanksgiving, everybody.